Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Winter Circle. Thank you for joining me. Uh, my name's Anthony Wynn, and I'm glad to be back doing this. Um, had a little bit of delay this week in the whole process of the recording due to some things going on here, but hey, that's what happens sometimes. Shit happens. So, you know, I get it's Friday. Um, I might be doing this a little bit differently from now on. You know, last week I kind of ran through all the games. And, you know, it was fun. It was good. It was an NFL Sunday. And it was, you know, it was the first NFL Sunday. So I was hyped up about that. I wanted to talk about all the games. But, you know, it took, it just took too long, honestly. So, you know, I think, I think from here on out, I'll probably, you know, switch it up a little bit. Um, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. And, yeah, so, you know. It was a it was a little much. It was a little much, and and so what I think I'm gonna do now is uh, kind of just stick with the New York teams, considering I know the most about them. Um, obviously, I'll talk about the National League televised games and stuff like that, and 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 do all that. But you know, I was pretty upset at myself because I didn't get any baseball into the conversation. You know, we got hockey starting next week. The preseason starts on Monday, which I'm super excited for. Can't wait for the Rangers to be back. They got Truba as captain now. Um, you know, that'll be nice. But we'll get into that a little bit later on in the season. Um, I got my buddy Ferg who actually wants to come on and talk the Metro Division with me. But we'll get into that. It'll happen. But just wanted to give you all the heads up. Also, now, you know, I'm off on Fridays from work at the moment. I'm trying to change that because, you know, your boy needs the hours and stuff. But... What I think I'm going to be doing from now on is getting everything done on the Friday. Gives me just more time to analyze everything and do what I have to do. And, and you know, instead of, because the first episode, I essentially just recorded, listened back to it, and just said, screw it, let me post it. I didn't really do any uh, any tinkering with the audio or anything like that. So, Fridays, now that I'm off, you know, I think I might do that. And, and, you know, kind of tinker around with the with the audio uh, software that I have. Because I really don't know much about any of it. But that's neither here or there. I'm here now. We're recording now. So let's get into it, man. I'm going to start with the baseball. And boy, what a week it's been for the New York teams. Uh, I'm going to start with the Yankees and Aaron Judge. Um, Aaron Judge quite possibly is having the you can arguably say he's having the greatest season ever and before anybody jumps on me about that let's let's just let's just put things in its proper perspective the yankees it's a tale of two halves that's for sure because the first half of the year they started off 52 and 18 clearly far and away the best team in baseball Clearly, wasn't even, wasn't even a question, and and you know I'm, I'm hyped. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. It was great. It was great to see everybody was playing well. I was fairly surprised because considering you know the lack of acquisitions before the season started. Well, not even the lack of acquisitions, just the just just the decision making by by Cashman. 
he he so first of all full disclosure like they 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 make a trade to the twins they trade away urshela and sanchez to the twins get back ikf isaiah conifalepa to play shortstop and they bring on josh donaldson's contract which is a ridiculous amount of money he got paid when he was an mvp like six years ago he is no longer that player and it shows but I was pretty frustrated with that, considering you had Carlos Correa sitting there just waiting for you to pay him. That's all you had to do was pay him. But no, the Yankees don't want to get rid of their prospects. They got Volpe, uh, a shortstop in the minors right now that they love, and they think he's going to be the second coming. They have Peraza, who's actually up with the team right now. He's played okay, but the thing that bothers me about that is you're going to send him up and barely play him and stunt his growth. Whatever. They didn't get any high-name individuals or anything like that. So we were pretty, you know, as Yankee fans, before the season started, we were already on edge. Then they go on on this historic, like, run, who everybody thought they, you know, they were on pace to win 120 games. Everything was all fine, you know. And then the All-Star break came. And since the All-Star break, it's it's been horrendous. You know, Yankees were the first team to 70 wins. And then the Dodgers got to 90 wins before the Yankees reached 80 wins. If that could tell you anything. It, the inconsistency. Granted, they, they, they have injuries at the wrong time. You know, Stanton's just coming back. He doesn't look like himself. Although he had a good night last night. But... You know, you got LeMahieu out. You just had a rash of injuries. Then you get rid of Jordan Montgomery at the trade deadline. And he looks like an ace for the Cardinals now, for Harrison Bader, who we just now recently have seen. And he's been contributing, thankfully. Doesn't seem like New York's too big for him. You you go out and get Benintendi at the trade deadline. He's hurt now. And there, there's questions about him being available for the playoffs. You get... And this was the, this was the biggest, the. You go out and get Frankie Montas from the Oakland Athletics. And again, you 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 kind of handcuff yourself at the trade deadline because you don't want to get rid of these big name prospects. And you know the Yankees have always, in my opinion, had a, have had an issue with keep with holding on to prospects way too long. I mean, just just look at recent years. Clint Frazier, everybody was clamoring for him. And, you know, trade trade talks, all that stuff, Yankees wouldn't give them up. And now you let them go for nothing. You got Glaber, who is finally starting to hit the ball again recently. He was supposed to be the he was supposed to be the best player on the team. His first year up in the majors was was great. And he's just been a shell of himself. He's had a better year this year, but the last few years, you know. He's he's looked like crap, and there's a few, you know, there's there's a few like factors that go into that. You know, we had him at shortstop last year. He is definitely not a good defensive shortstop, which I think, you know, kind of got in his head while he was at the plate. All those different types of things, whatever. They're back. He's back at second base this year, which clearly is his better position. Um, so he's hitting better, but you know, he was a part of trade talks at the d- deadline, which means he got. 
you were pretty much wrong on him if you were looking to deal him away. Gary Sanchez. Man, you hold that you held on to Gary Sanchez for way too long. You could have got you could have got so much for him if you decided to trade him away two years ago. And you didn't, and he played like garbage. One of the worst defensive catchers in the league still is. Barely plays for the Twins. Hasn't played a full season, you know, didn't play the full season for the Twins. It's not like he got injured or anything, but he was, you know, they kind of have a catcher by committee thing going on over there. It's just, they've always had the problem. And so you have a pitcher like Luis Castillo. Is it Luis Castillo? I don't know if that's his first name, but he, he he's in Seattle now, and he was p- pitching for the Reds. And every time we played the Reds, he would destroy the Yankees. He would he couldn't couldn't touch him. And you had the prospects to make the move to get him. Instead, you don't want to get rid of the prospects, and you go for Frankie Montas, who's now injured, but he's been pitching like shit. And you know he was supposed to be your second starter going into the postseason. That's definitely not going to happen now. And it wasn't going to happen even if he stayed healthy because he's been he's been horrible. You know, you got Scott Efros in the bullpen who's been hurt, and he just made, you know, he he he's now activated. I don't know if he pitched last night. I can't remember, but but he 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 he's supposed to kind of ramp up that bullpen. The the deals they made at the deadline are coming back to bite him in the butt. Granted, they've won eight out of their last ten. You know, they finally kind of got back on track. But look, man, it all, you know, at the end of the day, Cashman has made some some pretty bad decisions this year. It hasn't seemed to really bite him in the butt. You know, when they had that historic start, you know, it was really good because they were up 15 games in the division. Now, they were so bad in the second half of the season that that 15-game lead dwindled down to three at one point. But, you know, since since then, they've kind of gotten it back on track. But what I really want to talk about is Aaron Judge. People need to understand how great this guy, like, overall, how great this season's been. Seriously. And I don't want to hear about bonds. I'm going to give you all the stats. This guy, first of all, is leading in home runs by 20. Anybody in the league, not just the American League. Any, everyone, he's leading by 20. That hasn't happened since, like, 1922 or something like that. I heard that stat the other day. That's one. He's in the running for the Triple Crown, which three weeks ago you would have said is impossible because he was batting 297. He was, I think, 16 points behind the, the leader in the American League. Well, he's been on such a freaking tear that he's batting – 317, leading that category now. He's in a battle with uh, Bogarts on on Boston, who had an 0 for last night, which helps. But the dude's season is nuts. He's hit 60 home runs. He's the sixth player to ever do that. Ever. I think it was Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, Maris, and Babe Ruth. Those are the only other five players that have done it. He's on pace for 65 with 13 games left. He's going to break Maris's record. So, and he's batting for average. He's hitting 317. You don't normally, this, especially now, 
with the way the sport is now, it's way harder to hit the ball. You don't got guys pitching complete games. You don't got guys that are pitching on two days rest because they're the best pitcher and they need them or whatever, like anything like that. You don't see any CC Sabathias when he was with Milwaukee pitching a full game or an eight inning game and then coming back three days later and pitching again. You don't see that anymore. You just, you just don't. So these guys, and mind you, almost everybody coming out of every bullpen, doesn't matter if you're good or not, is throwing 100 miles an hour. You've never seen that. It's so much harder to hit now than it, when it was. So that's that's really one of the main points that I'm trying to make here, because really 317, if you look, if you look back to like, let's go back to Mick, Miguel Cabrera's season in 2012 when he won the Triple Crown. He he batted 330, great batting average, led led the American League in batting average. He had 44 home runs, 139 RBIs. And for those of you who don't know what the Triple Crown is, is you, you're leading in three major categories. is home runs, RBIs, and, and batting average. Um, it's super, super, super rare. Miggy was the first one to do it in 2012 for I, – I don't remember what the year was. It was at least 30 or 40 years. It's not. It doesn't happen all the time. And Miggy was the last one to do it. That was ten years ago, and and his his OPS was nine ninety nine, which is on base plus slugging. So you just put those two numbers together: on base percentage and slugging percentage. Judge has sixty home runs, one hundred and twenty eight RBIs, a three seventeen batting average, with thirteen games left. He's going to break Maris's record of sixty one of home runs. Although it's going to come down to to it, I think, because the, the teams are just aren't pitching to him anymore, and I'll go into the reasons why for that. But he's hit he sixty home runs, one hundred twenty eight RBIs, three seventeen batting average, and his OPS is one. It's eleven hundred. His OPS is eleven hundred. That's insane. He's leading in almost every statistical category that you could that that they have. His war is 9.9. And that, and for those of you who don't know what war is, that's wins above replacement. So essentially, if the Yankees didn't have Aaron Judge, they wouldn't have, like, he, he accounts for at least 10 wins. That's essentially what that means. So if they don't have Aaron Judge right now, they're at 81 instead of 91, which is a huge difference. Huge difference. Leads the league in that category, which is essentially the category that everybody looks at. Guy's going to win AL MVP, and if he doesn't, because of Otani, which I don't want to take anything away from Shohei Otani. The dudes, we haven't seen the likes of anybody like him since Babe Ruth. And the reason I say that is because Otani plays both sides of the ball. He pitches and he bats, and he's great at both. I don't want to take anything away from him. But, But the season that Judge is having right now, it trumps Otani's, and I'm sorry, it just does. You can't, you can't tell me that. So, all right, I'll go back to the war. Otani's war for pitching and his war for for hitting doesn't even add up to Judge's war. I believe if you add both the numbers up, it's like an eight point seven. I, I looked at it earlier. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I mean, just look it up. So that's one thing. Two, Otani doesn't play defense. 
And all you need to do is look at the game last night against the Red Sox and and just see how Judge is defensively. The dude has a cannon from right field. And by the way, he saved the game last night. Tie game. I believe it was in the top of the eighth. Dude hits a shot to right. And Judge plays it perfectly off the wall and just guns him out at second base. It was a perfect throw. Falefa didn't IKF didn't even have to move. He he was he was sitting right there on second base. It was a perfect throw. He didn't even have to move. Tagged him out, got him out. Saved the game. And, you know, it's just it's just crazy to think about where the Yankees would be without Aaron Judge, man. It just is. He's won series, he's won games by himself. Go back to the Tampa series in Tampa. They scored three runs that whole series. All three came off of his bat. All three. And they won one of those games. The Yankees have some issues, man. I, you know, as far as the postseason goes, I'm definitely worried about them. Judges, judges run for 62 right now is kind of masking that whole deal. I don't, you know, they're going to win the division. They're, they're seven and a half up with 13 to go. If they, if they, if they get, if they collapse and lose that lead, that'll be one of the most epic collapses ever. But I don't think that's going to happen. They, they've kind of righted the ship offensively. What I am super concerned about the Yankees in the, in the postseason is the pitching. The starting pitching, to be exact. And you don't have a closer. That's another thing. But Garrett Cole signs a nine-year deal, $300-plus million. And all he does is give up home runs. All he does, you could strike ten batters out in a game now. Like that used to be like a great mark, even if you gave up some runs, dude. Everybody strikes out now, okay. And if you throw a hundred miles an hour and pitch for six innings, you you should be able to strike out ten batters. I'm sorry, in today's baseball, you should be able to do it. And by the way, that's what you're getting paid for. You have one of the largest contracts in MLB history, and you you, you you're you're consistently inconsistent. You'll go out against bad teams too, man. Like, you go out and you give up. Uh, it's really all in the first inning too. It, it fucking blows my mind. It, it's so frustrating because you're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be the guy. And by the way, every, you know, everybody's talking about, like, would you put in Nestor Cortez or Severino to start game one? No, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do that. Garrett Cole is the game one starter in any series in the postseason. It's just gonna, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. That's what he's getting paid to do. Now, the why I'm so concerned about it is because he he just he gives up the home run ball way too fucking often. It's way too often, and. I'm sweating right now just talking about it because he pisses me off because, like, just for instance, this the, I'll go, I'll fast forward or, or rewind all the way back to the first start of the season. This guy blames Billy Crystal taking too long to do the first pitch so his whole timing was up because he looked like shit in the first game. He gave up, like, five runs.
and and you know it's just it's just frustrating <laughs> it's just frustrating man you're here to be the ace dude when we when we put your name on that card you need to be the guy that's supposed to be a win you're supposed to give us the best chance to win at least can't win every game but like you're not even giving us a chance. Most of the time, you're giving up these home runs in the first or second inning. It's too early. And then your whole lineup has to press. I don't know, man. I'm a little concerned about that. He's going to be the game one starter. But, you know, I'm concerned about the Yankees in the postseason. I just am. And, you know, thankfully, Judge is doing what he's doing right now because it's it's really masking the whole situation. And, and you know, but hey, you know, they're going to get in. We'll see what happens. If they don't make it to the ALCS, then it's a failure of a season. I think heads got to roll after that. I like Boone. I don't think it's Boone's fault for people who think, you know, managers in baseball now are like the end-all, be-all decision makers. Yeah, maybe maybe in-game they might be, but every team has a plan going into these games now. It's, it's, it's all scripted. Not meaning like the outcomes are scripted, but like what they do with their pitching staff and the rest and blah, 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 and doing all that stuff. Those built-in rest days for guys and stuff like that, which the Yankees have veered off of because normally Judge would be resting, especially now. You know, you want him to be right for the playoffs, but what we know now is that Judge is right all the time, as long as he's healthy. And he's answered that question. That dude made himself a lot of money this year, and I commend him. I really do. I have a lot of respect for Judge. He he turned down a huge contract, which at the time did seem fair. The Yankees offer, offered him a seven-year, $213 million contract, you know, and he turned it down. He thought he was worth more, and he's proven this year he was worth more, and you know, another. This is another reason why the Yankees piss me off. They just look. They look at the negative. Like they did this with Jeter too. And they eventually signed Jeter, obviously. But everybody watched the captain. Everybody knows that Jeter hated Cashman, hated him, hated him. And and you know, I don't know, man. You go. So that that's actually a good little. Like I can see why Judge is so pissed off. You have no problem signing Garrett Cole to a nine-year, three-hundred-plus-million-dollar contract, who who wasn't a homegrown talent. And by the way, if you if if you rewind the clock, I guarantee the Yankees would not do that contract now with the way Cole's been pitching. And you got a guy like Aaron Judge who's going to win the AL MVP this year and most likely win the Triple Crown and break the home run record. And and. You, you haggle, you're haggling him with money? I'm sorry, but if that next contract offer don't begin with a three on the end of it, $300 million at least, which he's going to get more than that, but they might lose him, man. And by the way, if the Yankees lose Aaron Judge, if the Yankees lose Aaron Judge, I want my refund for the jersey that I bought when I went to the game this year. I want my refund. I want it. I want it. He's the only reason guys show up to this. People show up to the stadium. He's the only reason. They better fucking sign him. I swear to God. They better fucking sign him. But 
When do y'all when do y'all think he's gonna break it, man? You know, they got two more against Boston. Then they go to Toronto for three games. Then they're home again for Baltimore, and then they end the season with a four game stretch against Texas. He's only two away. Now, you you sit here and think, you know, that'd be great to get it done against Boston. Fuck Boston, right? But these guys aren't pitching to him now, man. There's not many guys behind or in front of Aaron Judge. You know, he has no protection in the lineup. These guys aren't hitting the ball, although Stanton had a good night last night. Donaldson had a good night. I'm hoping they start to wake up, man. I just I just am because they need they need the bats to come alive, and they're coming alive right now. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to get tough for Judge because pitchers just aren't going to pitch to him. You saw it last night. You saw it last night, the first two at-bats. Everybody is there to see him make history. First at-bat, he walks on four pitches. Second at-bat, he had a couple pitches to hit, but, you know, it's baseball, man. You're not perfect every single time. There's a reason why a 300 batting average is great. 30% of the time, you're successful. (laughs) So, it's going to be tough for him, but, you know, 13 games left, I, I think he'll get at least two. I think it'll most likely – see, I hope it happens at home. I, I really do. I hope it happens at home. But I also think Boston – you know, I don't think the Red Sox want to be the team to, <laughs> to to let them get those home runs. So, I don't know. It might – if I had to call it, I think it'll happen – I think it'll happen when they're home against Baltimore – I mean break the record. I think he's going to tie the record within the next two series, whether it's against Boston or Toronto. I think he'll tie it. But I also think he's going to get a rest day in there somewhere. You know, talking about all this rest. They kind of have the division locked up, and they're not going to catch the Astros for the one seed to have home field advantage. So, you know, they'll probably throw a rest day in there up in Toronto for him. But I think it'll happen against Baltimore, one of the games against Baltimore. That's just me. All right, to the Mets. The Mets, you know, I, you know, I'm not like most Yankee fans. I don't hate the Mets. I like, I actually like when both teams are doing well. I don't root for the Mets by any stretch of the imagination. As far as like, as far as like, you know, if they, like, if the Mets were in the World Series and the Yankees weren't, if it's not the Astros, I'm probably going for the other team. Although, you know, my rooting interest is kind of out the window. I'm, I'm just watching at that point because I love baseball. But, I don't know, man. The Mets might be the scariest team in the National League. The caveat with them, though, is they have to win their division. And it's so crazy how polar opposite, you know, how much, how big of a difference is to the Mets quote unquote collapse, which I don't I wouldn't even call it a collapse. They had a ten game lead at one point over the Braves. But I wouldn't even call the Mets, you know, giving up that lead a collapse. And here's why. The Braves are just so good. They've played at a you want to talk about a historic pace for the Yankees in the first half? The the Braves have done that in the second half. The Mets never really collapsed like the Yankees did. The Yankees were just on a on a just horrible run the second half of the season the Mets you know they've been playing good baseball all year and you know like I said the reason I don't call it a collapse is because they have been playing good baseball all year the the Braves have just been playing great baseball in the second half of the season 
And I want to say the standings right now. Hold on, I'm going to look this up real quick. They're a game and a half above Atlanta. Atlanta is in a three-game series right now with Philly. And Philly needs to win each one of those games because they're they're fighting for the wild card. I think they're two and a half up on the Brave uh, on the Brewers for the for the third wild card spot, and they're a half game back right now for the second wild card spot. So they're they need those games. And Philly just beat Atlanta last night, so that helps out the Mets. Um, you got the two headed monster, man. You got the two headed monster, Degrom and Scherzer, and Degrom by far, when healthy, is the best pitcher in baseball and it's not close it's not close you probably have the two best pitchers in baseball in your rotation and hence that's why i think the mets are the most dangerous team going into the playoffs if they win their division because here's the difference if they don't win their division if they don't win their division they get the first wild card which means you know they'll probably play the likes of the padres or the phillies one of the two the Padres, I wouldn't want to go against in the wild card. You're not, you're not guaranteed to beat the Padres. They got Snell, they got Darvish, they got Soto. They, their team is stacked. That team is stacked. Let me not forget about Machado either. That team is very good, and they're actually kind of underwhelming. But it's unfortunate when you're in a division against the Dodgers. And here's my point: if the Mets don't win that division, they don't get a week off. The top two seeds in each league get a week off. You know, they get that bye because they have to do the wild card series. And now the wild card, there's, there's three team, three wild card teams. And it's a three-game series instead of a one-game, like, kind of playoff type deal. That's what it used to be. So now it's three-game series. There's a few reasons why the Mets need to win the division. One, you're playing the Padres or the Phillies. It's going to be a tough series. And obviously, you're going to have DeGrom and Scherzer go in the first two games. Your pitching will not be set up for that next series against the Dodgers. And that's the other thing right there. You'll be going into the division series against the Dodgers. You don't want that. You want to talk about a historically great team. The Dodgers are 104 and 40-something. With, I don't know, 14 games left, 13 games left for them. They have a chance. Well, they're not going to get to 100. They're not, they won't get to 116. That's the record for wins in a season for a team. They won't get there. But it's so crazy how no one's really talking about them. I mean, the Dodgers are just being the Dodgers right now. That's a, that's a great team. You don't want to play them in the division series. You want to avoid that at all costs. So if you win that division, if you win your division, you get the week off. For the wild card round. And then you get the winner of of uh I think it'll be the Padres and the and the Phillies most likely if they play each other. I think that's what it is. So you get the winner of that in the DS, in the in the ALDS. I think you'd rather see the Padres or the Phillies in the ALDS rather than play against one of them in the wild card round. Screw your whole pitching you know, setup up, your rotation up, because you have to pitch DeGrom and Scherzer in the playoffs. So game one of the DS against the Dodgers, you're not going to have one of them going. And if you, you just so happen to get by the Dodgers in the DS, you'll most likely have to see the Braves in the CS. 
So you got the two best teams in the league. Every well, that's what everybody think is saying about them. That you're gonna have to go up against if you don't win the division. I don't think you go to the World Series if you don't win the division. That's just me. No matter how good the pitching is. But you know that's just that's just you know that's just what it is for the Mets right now. They and, and like I said, they didn't collapse. The, the Braves have just been great all year. And every time the Mets, you know, are in an opportunity with their backs against the wall, when you know, because the the lead's been a half game, a game, game and a half, up to three, they lose that, back down to half game. It's been completely back and forth. At one point, the Braves actually got in front of them, but every time the Mets backs against the wall, they they figure it out. They figure it out. So, and you know, Buck Showalter has is a big reason for that. They hired Buck Showalter this year as the manager. And I know I just said managers in baseball don't have much say or anything. And, you know, all the stuff's coming from the GM and up top and all that stuff. Buck, Man- Buck Showalter is the only manager that's the exception to that. And the fact that he was out of baseball for as long as he was is kind of a – it's a travesty, honestly. I wish the Yankees got him. Not that I don't like Boone, again, but – it's clearly the best manager in baseball, and it's not close. It's not close. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on with the baseball teams right now. I had to get that in. I Like, it it, it hurt my heart last week to not get any baseball in. And look at me. You know, the first 35 minutes of this episode, I'm doing baseball. I love it. I love baseball. It's getting down to the nitty-gritty. Playoffs are about to start, you know. the sport, The sports landscape within the next month, is going to be nuts. You're going to have football. You're going to have NBA starting. You're going to have the NHL starting, which I'm super excited about. And you got the baseball playoffs. It's going to be great. October is the best. Not just because it's my birthday month, but October is the best, man. It just is. All right, let me get to let me get to the New York football teams now. Jets and Giants both get a big win. Two. <laughs> Polar opposite types of victories, if you want to look at it like that. It's just completely different. Um, I'll start with the Jets. The Jets, they can never put a full you know, like game together as far as their game plan. Week one, their defense looked pretty good against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They, they, they didn't look bad, but that offense looked horrible. Horrible. And you didn't get Garrett Wilson involved at all in that game. Week two, you come out, and Joe Flacco looks like Joe Flacco from Baltimore, Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. It was weird, man. And you got the playmakers involved. It was a good game. But the defense doesn't show up. That's what I mean. They can never put, like, a full <laughs> a full game together, full 60 minutes together. Nothing could all be cohesive, That you know, you have the offense making plays, doing well, and then the defense is just, you know, Swiss cheese. You're giving everything up. Jacoby Brissett looked great against you guys. And that running game for the Browns is serious. I don't care who they're going up against. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. You're going to have a good running game, man. I don't think I don't think Nick Chubb has had a game under 100 yards so far this season. And they just played last night against the Steelers and won that one. And he had, I think he ran for 113 yards. So, you know, 
They're serious in the run game. Just wait till Deshaun Watson gets back, man. Holy shit, that team's going to be good. But that's neither here nor there. Jets are down two scores with, I don't know, two minutes left. If you're Nick Chubb, man, you got to go down. You got to go down. Don't run in to score. Don't run in. You know, you, you, you granted, you know, I don't want to blame the loss on him. Because really, statistic like if you looked at the numbers, I think Stackhouse gave the Jets a .01% chance of winning that game, especially after the Chubb touchdown. So, you know, you, the Jets needed everything to go right after that touchdown. Don't get me wrong. But if Nick Chubb just, just takes a knee after he gets that first down, the game's over. Game is over. Jets don't even get an opportunity to get the ball back. But he scored. It's neither here or there. The Jets... Uh, and Cleveland, I don't know what happened with Cleveland's defense on these on these last two drives. It, it's just like, eh, they just, you know, whatever. They don't care. They still need an onside kick, whatever. Gabe, you know, Corey Davis on a seam route is just, oh, uh, he's wide open. He's wide open. What are the? What are the? What are the? <laughs> I mean, you know, you could always say the Browns are gonna Brown, man, but that was. That was a moment right there. He's Gabriel. Uh, I keep saying Gabriel Davis. Jesus Christ! I'm thinking. I'm, th- I'm thinking of a uh, dude in Buffalo, wide receiver in Buffalo. But no, Corey Davis for the Jets, wide open. Flacco hits him on on in stride on the run, touchdown. Then they get the they get the onside conversion. They get the onside kick conversion. It's crazy. I don't know what the hands team for the Bron- for the Browns was doing there, but and it was so weird how he he put the he laid the ball flat on the ground to kick. It was a very well executed onside kick. So they get the ball, and boom, go right down the field, score a touchdown with like 16 seconds left, and you win the game. Great win. And guess, and let me tell you, after after Sala, Robert Sala's comments the week before, they needed that win. They needed it. So the fact that they, you know, they, they, they came out of there with a dub, you know, it kind of quieted everything down for the week. Um, I have a question for Jets fans, though. Zach Wilson is set to come back as of right now. I mean, it's the earliest that they gave us. But as of right now, he's set to come back week four against Pittsburgh. Is there is there a QB controversy afoot here? If Joe Flacco goes out and beats the Bengals this weekend, do you do you ride the hot hand? I don't know. To me, to me, it would make no sense. And here's the reason why. Are you a playoff team with Joe Flacco a quarterback? No, you're not. You're not. And really, you still have two questions that you need to be answered. Can Sala coach, which has not been answered yet, and I don't care about the win last week, you know, it, it just hasn't been answered. And to to be fair to him, you don't have your full team out there. You don't have Zach Wilson on the field. But the two questions you need to answer and it's kind of the same for the Giants, is do you have your coach and do you have your quarterback? And the answer is I don't know on both. And you know Joe Flacco isn't the future. You know that. No matter how well he does in these two, two, three games. 
You know he's not going to be here for the long haul, man. He's 37 years old. And you don't and you know you have a talented team, but what, you really think you're going to compete for a wild card with Miami and Buffalo in in your division? I don't know, man. That that makes no sense to me. But, you know, to me, once Zach Wilson's healthy, he needs to be the starter, point blank period. You 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 use the second overall pick on the guy. And he, he needs to be the starter. He just needs to be the starter. I mean, what are you doing? Like, what are you accomplishing this year if you keep Joe Flacco in? Now, if Joe Flacco beats Cincinnati, and you know, you you know, you kind of want to have like a little bit of a softer landing spot for Zach Wilson, even though you know, I I don't know how soft the landing spot the the freaking uh, the uh, Dolphins or. <laughs> Or the Packers are, which is the two games after after Cincy. So I don't know if those are softer landing spots. So if it, let's just say Joe Flacco goes out there and beats the Bengals. Okay, you say Zach Wilson still isn't a hundred percent healthy. Yada yada yada. All right, you you put Joe Flacco in against Pittsburgh. He probably shit the bed there, and then you bring Wilson back for for Week Five. All fine and dandy. All, my only my only thing on this is that Flacco. Is not your future. You need to see what you have in Zach Wilson. You need to. You need to see if he's making any progress. Because from the sounds of training camp, it didn't seem like he made any. But that's neither here nor there. We haven't seen him in a regular season game yet. Can't fault the dude for being injured. He didn't even get hit on that injury. He just he, It was the first game of the preseason. Second drive. You know, should happen sometimes. But, you know, Zach Wilson needs to be the quarterback. That's just my opinion. To the Giants. Boy, was that an ugly game. That was ugly. And and I'll tell you what, this defense is looking way better than I expected it. Now, granted, you went up against Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. I know that's not any vaunted def- or offense or anything like that. The one thing I was concerned about in that game was Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield in the passing game. In the passing game. Not rushing, although he broke off one run. But that was about it. We kind of held him in check a little bit. Which was great. Great. And, and I mean, it couldn't have had a worse start for the Panthers. I mean, on the opening kickoff, you fumble. But this is what I mean by ugly. You get two turnovers, the Giants do. Get two turnovers in your own on your own end of the field. You literally started the game off pretty much in the red zone. You get six points out of it? Six? I mean, can we have a little bit of a better start on offense? And you know, Saquon didn't look as good as week one. But, but here all right, so here here's why I have a lot of confidence in this coaching staff. It's because, yeah, Saquon didn't look great. In the first half. No, the, the offense as a whole didn't look great in the first half. But you, you stuck with him, man. I mean, he had 50, I think he had 15 carriers or eight. He definitely had 72 yards. That's what he had. 72 yards. Which, you know, you look at that stat line. It's not, you know, it's not the greatest game in the world. But considering what he did in the first half, that second half, you stuck with him. Previous regimes for the Giants, that wouldn't have happened. 
you would have saw Saquon carry the ball five, six times in the first half for 10 yards, and they would have said, all right, fuck it. We're just going to start throwing the ball all over the place. And here's the one thing that, you know, it's the same thing for the Jets, right? I mean, do you have your coach and do you have your quarterback? And I think the Giants have answered both questions. I think you got your coach. And the only reason being, I think that after two weeks, is what this dude is preaching, clearly, clearly, the team is getting behind. Clearly. Except for one person. We'll get we'll get to him real quick. I'm, I might end it on a tangent about him, Kenny Galladay. But clearly, the players are responding to the message that the coach is sending out. And... The second half, it's like a tale of two halves, man. The defense plays a full 60 minutes, period, which I love. And you're playing without your two best defensive players, which hopefully they're back this week. You know, I, I know I said last week they'll be back for week two, yada, yada. That's what I was hearing. And now I'm hearing, like, maybe Thibodeau's going to be back. You know, maybe they'll both be back. I don't know. They're, I think they're just, you know, they're playing it safe with them because they're going to be really, you know, Ojolari is your best pass rusher that we know of. But the defense is playing outstanding without their two best defensive players. That's one. Two, you come out and you make adjustments. He make, Brian Dable makes adjustments. You could see it. You could see it. And, and so the two questions, right? Do you have your coach? Do you have your quarterback? They've answered both. You have your coach. You don't have your quarterback, man. You don't. You don't. And who knows, maybe Dayball can get the best out of uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, he's clearly putting him in situations where he could be successful. It's it's obvious. But Daniel Jones still cannot, like, you know, he makes some fucking throws that look great. Like, like decision-making, you know, sometimes, like, he looks like he knows what he's doing. He gave the game away to Carolina. He gave it away to them. Now they ended up not reciprocating and and actually catching the ball that he threw right to him. But it's throws like that that tell me you aren't the guy. I'm sorry. I I watched the replay. Dude, it's a pick six if this guy catches the ball. That that essentially ends the game right there with how the fucking deep the, the offense was playing. I mean, DJ, I mean, what are you doing, man? What are you seeing on that play? What are you seeing on that play? I'm sitting here at home watching the highlight of that play. The dude's standing right in front of your receiver the entire time, and you still throw the ball there? Are you kidding me? As long as Daniel Jones keeps making decisions like that, he's not going to be here for the long haul, man. There's a reason why they didn't pick up his fifth year option this is his prover year and by the way this regime did not pick him so yeah i mean you got tyrod taylor sitting there you're 2-0 despite this because daniel jones clearly you know we haven't seen a 400 yard game from him 350 plus game from him in i don't know two years but but, 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 
the coach is setting him up for success regardless. So, you know, man. I don't think I don't, he's not the guy. He's most likely not the guy. And what the Giants do that's a good question. What are they going to do with quarterback next year? Regardless of what happens this season. Because I don't think Daniel Jones is a guy. So what are they going to do? They're going to go out in free agency or, or trade for somebody? Are they going to draft somebody? Well, with the way things are looking right now, I don't know how you're going to draft someone because you're actually winning games. Oh, boy, I can't wait for Monday night. Ooh, Monday night at home against Dallas. And Dallas has their backup quarterback. Ooh. And we might have our two best defensive players back. Ooh. I can't wait for that game. I can't wait for that game. I hate Dallas with a burning passion in my soul. And if we beat Dallas, because the next time we play Dallas is on Thanksgiving, by the way. So that, that's another primetime game. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for Monday night. We need to beat them. Micah Parsons is the only scare that I have because Dallas doesn't have any weapons, man. They got a bunch of guys. C.D. Lamb, you know, he's supposed to be the, the number one receiver there. Eh, eh. I mean, don't get me wrong, Cooper Rush looked pretty good against Cincinnati, but since he should have won both the games that they lost. They didn't do the Dallas didn't do shit in the second half in that game. I'm confident. I look, I'm not sitting here pounding my chest and stuff. I will be if they beat Dallas. Oh yeah, I will be if they beat Dallas. And I'm not sitting here saying the Giants are, are a playoff team. But you start off 3 and 0, that's pretty fucking good, man. And I haven't seen that from a Giants team since, shit, the years they won the Super Bowls, they didn't even start off 3-0. It's been a long time. I don't know. I got to get to this Kenny Galladay bullshit, though. For those who don't know, Kenny Galladay, and if you've been watching the Giants this year, I'd be surprised if you did know who he was because he hasn't played a lick. I think he had seven snaps in the second game and like two in the first game or something like that. Just to give you some context, we signed this dude last year, four years, $72 million. That's $18 million a year. And, I don't know, he had like 500 yards receiving last year, zero touchdowns. And, oh, oh, you know, we signed him, oh, he was supposed to be the biggest red zone threat. Oh, he goes up and catches the ball in the red zone. All he does is score touchdowns. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Hasn't scored one touchdown since he's been here. And he comes out. And mind you, it's a new coaching staff, like I've said. They didn't sign this guy. They don't give a shit whether he's making $18 million or 100000 If you can't play, you're not going to play. And he comes out this week. This is a quote. You can go look. You go find it. it. Says quote unquote, "I should be playing regardless." I'm sorry, man, but you're clearly lost. You're lost. You have David Sills, who's no one's ever heard of before this season, and Richie James, who's no one ever, who no one has ever heard of this before this season. I know I didn't. Playing seventy percent of the offensive snaps over you. And you're sitting here saying you should be playing regardless? That shows me you don't you you, you you really don't understand what's going on. You clearly don't give them the best chance to win. Clearly. Do you not see that? Do you not see that? 
I can't believe this guy comes out. It's the beauty of Dave. The, the like Dave Gettleman, man, just keeps showing his colors even though he's gone. That's the former GM, by the way, of the Giants. He just keeps on giving, keeps on giving us this bullshit. Might have been the worst GM we've ever had. That's neither here nor there. Kenny Galladay needs to get a grip. He needs to get a grip. Either do what the coaching staff is asking you to do, or you're not going to play. It's that simple. And for you to come out and say, I should be playing regardless. No, you shouldn't. Because you're not doing shit when you're out there. You know, you're getting paid. Really, you shouldn't even be mad. You're getting paid to do nothing right now. To do nothing. And the Giants, the only reason the Giants, <laughs> the only reason the Giants have him here is because if they cut him, his dead cap hip was $31 million, I think it was. They can't even afford it. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. What team, what team is in cap hell with a, a quarterback on a rookie deal and they're, you know, they have a new regime now. Which means your team sucked. So, what team normally spends all this money and sucks? Not many. The Giants. The Giants did that. So the demons from, from, these, from these past GMs and coaches and shit like that are still biting us in the ass. So, to Giants fans everywhere, please, no matter what happens this season, things have looked great so far. No matter what happens this season, don't blame Dayball and don't blame Joe Shane, who's the new GM. Please, just don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not their fault that they're in cap hell right now. They had, they had to get rid of one of their best corners in James Bradbury because they couldn't afford to keep him. And now he's with Philly. And, of course, week one he goes, he gets a pick. He looks great. I'd feel way better about the secondary right now if we still had James Bradbury. But, but we couldn't afford him. Because we're in cap hell right now. All right? So you guys got to understand, like, no matter what happens with this team this year, that's what's going on. It's not It's not the coach's fault. It's not the new GM's fault. You got to give them time to do their thing. They've already shown you they're competent. Because I'm telling you right now, if Joe Judge or anybody else is the coach of this team, they're 0-2 right now in those games. 0-2. Those are games last year that we lost. Those close, nitty-gritty games. We lost those games last year. Not this year. And it gives me hope. It just gives me hope. So, yeah, man. I'm, I'm very bullish on the Giants this year. I'm super excited. I can't wait for Monday. It's going to be a fun game. I hate Dallas with a burning pad. My cousin's actually going to that game. And I was actually supposed to be up there this weekend. You know, certain things, you know. It is what it is. I'm a little jealous. But I, you know, MetLife kind of sucks anyway. If they if they play Carolina when they come down here or something like that, which they don't this year, obviously. They just play Carolina at home. But whenever they get down here, I'll go to a game. MetLife is just too expensive. That stadium is shit. And I love the Giants. But that stadium isn't great. And, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm jealous as fuck still, though. 
Never been to a football game, professional game in my life. Although that's a, you know, that's an interesting thing. I could kind of, you know, the baseball experience going to a baseball game is the best in my opinion, because like, you know, you got, you, you know, you can go walk around, get, you know, beer, get hot dog, you know, hang out with your boys or with whoever you're going with and, you know, just have a good day. It's slow. It's not, it's not too crazy. Hockey's the best. If you, if you want to be on the edge of your seat the whole time, hockey's the best. Hockey is the best live event to go to. Yeah, you know, everything I've, I've never been to a football game. I've been to like a bunch of high school games and shit like that, but it's not, you know, there's a huge difference there, but you know, everything I've heard about a football, there's TV timeouts like every 10 seconds. <laughs> and, like, there's not much going on other than, the you know, there's a lot of breaks in between play on the field and stuff like that. Everything I've heard about football, you know, the, the experience at home watching the games at home on TV is a thousand times better. Yeah, I'm still jealous. I want to go see them beat Dallas and play Dallas. But, you know. It's a nationally televised game. We'll get it down here. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be an asshole at work the next day. But hey, it's the Giants, man. They give me the adrenaline rush. You know, any other night, like last night, last night I missed Judge's uh, almost home run last night because I fell asleep. I fell asleep in like the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth inning, or something like that. And I passed out. My girlfriend even told me this morning I passed out and I had a TikTok going on, like just just on loop because I didn't close it and I just fell asleep watching TikTok. That's just how I get now, you know, waking up at four thirty every morning and go to work and not getting home till four and then, you know, it's tiring, man. Eight eight thirty, you know, nine o'clock rolls around. I'm I'm woozy, man. I'm on I'm on fumes, but I'm telling you right now. That Monday night game, I'm, I'm, I'll be up. I don't care if it's a blowout either way. I'll be up watching the entire fucking thing. And I, again, apologize to my neighbors. I'm, I, I, I'm, I might have to write a note on everybody's door for Monday night, apologizing in advance because I don't care what time it is. I'm gonna be going nuts. But all right, man. Yeah, you know. I think that was better. I think this layout's better. And, and you know, talking about, I love talking baseball. I just love it. And so, you know, any suggestions are welcome. You know, the feedback I got from the first episode was all great. It was nice. All constructive criticism and everything like that. And please, guys, just give me a few episodes to figure out this, this software thing. Please, just please. You know, I got some... I want to do like intro stuff. I want to do a song. I want to do all that stuff. I do, but you got to give me, you got to give me, I'm new to this shit, man. I'm new to it. But anyways, yeah, I I appreciate y'all listening. And uh, like I said, you know, it's a little late this week. I might do Fridays from now on, just considering I'm off. But hey, man, the beauty of this is I can do it whenever the fuck I want. So, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Go Giants. Thanks, guys.